Welcome to Playback by Playlister, the bi-weekly podcast where you can stay current on technology and leadership ideas that impact you. Here's today's host and Playlister CEO, Grant Glass. Hello, everybody. This is Grant, and today I'm with Brian. He is the founder of Phoenix Roasters and also a pastor, and Brian is going to tell us a little bit more about Phoenix Roasters. I saw a common thread in the, in the um, churches where I served that the least and the lost, the people that needed to rise from the ashes, seemed to be an underserved uh, audience in our, our churches, but yet the 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 collision, if you will, the uh, challenge is when I read scripture, I, I, those are the ones that Jesus was always intentionally walking towards, always walking towards the people that were on the verge of rising up out of the ashes. And so that's mm-hmm. where the name, the Phoenix community, which is our church, yeah. came from. It, we wanted a community of people rising from the ashes. And so 12 years ago, I said yes to starting a church to the most under-resourced, marginalized, broken, and hurting, need to rise from the ashes kind of people. And 2007, I got to tell you, Grant, money was rolling in 2007. If I'd known what was about to happen in 2008 and 9, and uh, I don't know that I would have started that church. I, I really don't know what it had to go because I tell you, by 2008 into 2009, the money tree had been chopped down and burned as firewood you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and so you know samuel chan said in his book bigger faster leadership vision is often born out of need um mm-hmm. I, my great grandmother used to say um necessity is the mother of invention right mm-hmm. and uh and so when when we got to the point where we were completely out of money um we had to come to the a decision are we going to continue to serve the most under-resourced, the least likely to be able to support a church plant. Are we going to continue to do that, or are we going to fold up shop, even though lives are being changed? And that's what, as we prayed, we felt like the Lord said, look around. Tell me what you see. And, you know, Grant, we saw mm-hmm. broken and hurting and desperate people rising from the ashes. And so we said, well, Lord, clearly we're doing what you called us to do, but we just can't afford it anymore. Do we have permission to start a business? Can we think outside of anything we've ever seen in church? And and we felt like the Lord said, yes. <laughs> we're like, uh, what? <laughs> like, what do we, what do we do? You know? Right. And, uh, and we didn't have any answer to that. And that was, it, it turns out to be one of the greatest parts of our story because we had no answer. We knew God said yes. You can go start a business, but we didn't know what. And so not having an answer, we found Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, where God said to Abraham, get up and go to the land I will show you. And it was like, oh, you mean we can do anything? Mm-hmm. Like, just just start walking in obedience and you'll direct our steps? Mm. Oh. So we started looking around and, we, man, we tried – um, I flew all the way to uh, Amsterdam in 2008, looking at biofuel, and I was gonna I was gonna collect everybody's grease from their grease traps, and I was gonna refine it and make it into biofuel, and 
that didn't work out. We tried a couple other things. And finally, it's like, what if we just redeemed the coffee? I mean, my parents love coffee and we didn't know much about it. We knew we liked to drink it, you know? And uh, so we all prayerfully agreed that, you know, coffee is a cup of community and that kind of brings people together and hmm, maybe that'd be good. And so we just, in 2000, late 2008, started praying towards coffee and we just named it Phoenix Roasters. That was out of the name of our church, the Phoenix community of Atlanta and Phoenix Roasters. And uh, we began praying for a roaster and uh, because we knew that we couldn't turn a profit if we were selling somebody else's coffee, which is what we were doing. And in 2010, God miraculously, and that's a whole nother story for a whole nother podcast. But after 18 months of praying, for a specific German-made top-of-the-line roaster, God literally delivered one in our lap. And it was unbelievable and unmistakable. Like our stones on the other side of the river, our altar, where we go and say, yes, God was faithful. And so we began roasting. And, uh, yeah, and so by 2013, we were at that crucial moment again where we were working our fingers to the bone. We had planted three churches. But um, I guess that time we planted another church. It were two churches total, but we were out of money, man. And uh, that's when um, one of my mentors, one of my friends, somebody I do ministry with, Jeff Foxworthy, who's on our board of directors, and we, we work at the Atlanta Mission together. Um, he he offered uh, Reggie Joyner and the Orange Conference. He said, look, I'll. I'll do a show for you if you'll let Brian Phoenix Roasters be your coffee company. And and really, Greg Sweat, our co-founder, had already secured that 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 contract separate of Jeff. So when uh, Reggie Joyner went to Angie Ivy at uh, at Orange and said, "Look, I don't know who you got for coffee, but you're going to have to call them and tell them uh, we're going with this other coffee company that's connected with Jeff Foxworthy," and uh, Angie's like, oh, no, you know, I just told him yes, you know, and Reggie's like, well, you're going to tell him no, because we got Jeff to do the show. Well, it turns out they were both talking about us. So that was a great God <laughs> moment right there. And, uh, <laughs> and so that, that was really, that was a moment for us, because I got to tell you, Grant, uh, I know I'm talking. I'm not letting you ask me questions, but you, you just gotta you got, gotta get me started because I'm telling you, it's such an amazing story. We remember having Jeff over to um, over to the to the shop to just look at our business plan and tell us, you know, he had been on Shark Tank and all this, and we're like, Jeff, just look at our business plan. Are we gonna make it? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And he he looked at everything, and and, and I gotta be honest with you, Grant. And, and pastors, you get this, right? When you, when, when you go to lunch with the big giver in your church, you hope that they're going to agree to stroke a check and get yeah. you out of the mess. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to tell you, it would have been okay with me if Jeff had pulled out his checkbook. And we got down to the, to the end, and I said, Jeff, well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And this is what he said, no joke, Grant. He goes, well, fellas, you know, I'm not a sharp businessman, you know, which is a lie. And he says, uh, he says, but, but I got to tell you, I think this is what God's got for you guys. 
he's telling me to tell you boys to keep grinding it out. I said, Jeff, are you being funny? Because that's not funny. And he goes, oh, no, I'm not being funny. I think the Lord's telling me to tell you. And I said, why? (laughs) He said, listen to this, Grant. Listen. He said, because it makes for a more interesting story. Hmm. Now, isn't that something? Hmm. And that's what we started doing. And, and, and then he said, well, what are you working on? We said, this Orange Conference. And he picked up the phone. He had Reggie's number in his phone. And he calls it connecting the dots. He loves connecting hmm. friends together and connecting the dots in the kingdom. And, yeah. uh, and that's where we started becoming a publicly known church known co- company. Yeah. Since then, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I, and just so our listeners know, I've, I've toured your facilities uh, down in Georgia. At, your daughter, yeah, Emily, yeah. showed us around. Uh, your son-in-law was also there, too, and it is the best cup of coffee I've ever had. So <laughs> this, what, what you're saying is not shocking to me. Now, Emily, she did mention a a little bit about your history, some of which you're sharing now. It sounds it sounds like you've had a lot of hard lessons where I can relate to this as being a, a, a startup founder as well, where it's almost yeah. like obstacles the way, uh, the harder it gets, it means you're actually uh, moving in the right direction, but that's counterintuitive. And then you really got to lean on your faith a lot. Uh, and it sounds like you, you've done that Tell me some of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn while, while building Phoenix Roasters. Such a great question, Grant. You know, I would say um, one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn is I can't do it by myself. Yeah. I can't do it by myself. I carry, I carry the title founder, but you know what's funny? You and I were joking about this before we came on the live on the broadcast here. But you, you were talking about, well, what does that mean? Well, it means I'm the chief janitor or it means I'm the, the, uh, the, the toilet bowl plunger or I am, you know, you know, it is like, uh, what's what funny is I need to be that day. It's what we're <laughs> right. it's serving leaders. It. It's kind of like, what do I need to do for everybody else today? Yes. Yes. And you know, what's interesting about that is I look around the, um, the coffee company specifically, cause you know, I'm still the, the lead pastor of the original Phoenix community, um, which meets in the roastery, by the way. So we, every Sunday morning, we have the best smelling church in town. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. That's where, <laughs> that's where our, that's where our uh, slogan blessed and highly caffeinated comes from is man. We have church in a roastery, man. It's awesome. But one of the hardest things is I, I look around, I, I I used to do everything. Like I used to roast the coffee. I used to bag the coffee. I used to sell the coffee. I used to fold the t-shirts. I used to run the the computer programs. And, and, And what's so funny now, Grant, whenever I go to help out, you know, especially like with our new nitro, nitro was all mine in the beginning. I used to cold brew. I used to keg. I used to nitrogenate. I used to work on kegerators. I mean, I used to do it all. And, mm-hmm. and now when I go to help, I'm like, hey, guys, y'all need some help over there? They're like, 
oh, no, 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 Brian, you're good. I'm sure you got other things you need to do. And I'm like, finally, I ask them, I'm like, well, what's the deal? Y'all never let me help out. They're like, honestly, Brian, things slow down when you get involved. Yeah. I hear you, brother. I get the same thing. It's like, uh, you're, the, you're the bottleneck until you're not. Right? It's kind of like, I'm in the way. You get out of the way, things start to happen, and then you try to help, and they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> No, please. Surely you've got something better. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, man. So it's hard. But it, I got to tell you, you know, that's also the hardest lesson is because we started, I started the church by myself. I didn't have any staff, just me and my sweet wife and my sweet two children that sacrificed everything to start a, a church in a pizza tavern to, uh, to, to broken and hurting and desperate people. And, and, and so when, when folks started coming along and, and getting on staff with us as pastors and we started planting churches and, and, you know, one of the hardest lessons for me, Grant, is that I feel it's my responsibility to provide for all these people who have sacrificed so much to be a part of this dream that God has dreamed in me. And so I get wrapped around the axle and actually become counterproductive in the kingdom by trying to do what God has called me to do rather than turning to God who's called me to do it. And that is very difficult for me. And it's a lesson I have to learn every single month. I guarantee you, I just have to learn that lesson over and over again. Yeah, so it's it sounds like when you're running the business day to day, you get so stuck in this, making decisions that are small and seeing how, how does it affect the bigger picture? Uh, and that ripple effect. I, I get analysis paralysis a lot thinking about that too, Brian, where it's, I feel this responsibility, uh, but I know in certain decisions I'm making, it, it is actually counterproductive to the overarching goal. Um, yeah. And it's that, that constant battle there. And I'm sure when you get it right, where you make the right decisions, you've changed a lot of people's lives at Phoenix Roasters and with uh, everything that you do in your church. What has been the most rewarding thing about uh, building, I would not even say your business, like it's like building your, your vehicle. It's like your vehicle of change because it is your church and it is your business. You have these different instruments that are changing people. What's been the most rewarding part about that? Okay. So we call it the consequences of saying yes. All right. Mm -hmm. That was from uh, Dr. Charles Stanley. I only met him one time in 2006 before, uh, while I was struggling with the idea of planting the Phoenix community of Atlanta, I met him at a youth ministry lunch and a friend of mine was the youth pastor at first Atlanta. And he was going through a very public um, downtime in his life and marriage. And, and, and he was, he, he was, he didn't even look healthy when I saw him. Okay. Um, but he came over to me and my friend introduced me to him and said, uh, you know, Dr. Stanley, this is Brian. He's a youth pastor friend of mine. And Dr. Stanley just, I, I swear he just, well, I shouldn't swear, but he, he looked right into my soul and he said, Brian, what are you dreaming about? I said, sir, what, sir? He said, uh, <laughs> like he grabbed my hand and I, I'm telling you, his hand 
is so big and it was real bony and skinny because he wasn't all that healthy at the time, but he, he wrapped his fingers around my hand and, and he goes, what are you dreaming about? I said, well, Dr. Stanley, I, I feel like God's called me to plan a church. And he said something to me that's guided us for these last 12 years. He said, well, Brian, what's stopping you? I said, I don't know, Dr. Stanley. I'm, I guess I'm just afraid of everything I've got to lose. And he said, Brian, don't you know that God will take responsibility for all of the consequences of a heart that's fully devoted to him? Hmm. I said, Dr. Stanley, if I knew that, I think I forgot it because I'm not living it. I'm not living in that freedom. And we, we've redefined that into a phrase that we use every day, the consequences of saying yes to God. So what I have seen, our dream was to plant one church. Then our dream was to plant 20 churches. And because we, kept, we continue to say yes to God with an incredible team, Jeff Bagwell, the first crazy guy to say yes, to come alongside me, still with us today as our CFO and Greg Sweat, second uh, a friend to come alongside me, leaving one of the biggest churches in the nation to come alongside me. He's our COO. And, and we have now been a part of over a hundred church plants all across the world through our coffee because we pay our farmers directly 10 times more than fair trade. It has resourced them to plant churches and send out Latino missionaries into the most gospel hostile countries in the world. Not only Cuba and Venezuela, but places like Afghanistan, Iraq, and Iran. And this is, I mean, my favorite thing is that God is so much more clever than I could ever, ever be. By saying yes to him, it unlocks the uh, the consequences of that obedience to be defined by God, and uh, I've just I've gone crazy over that. It's it's awesome. And by saying yes, it allows you to, I, I believe, like evolve quicker because with no by saying yes, you let go of fear, and if you let go of fear, you can grow, and if you grow, you become your best person. This, this idea yeah. that you've got, Brian, where it's like, hey, I'm going to say yes, I love that, and it allows you to grow. I'm curious, how, how do you see your organization growing and evolving over the next couple of years as you continue to say yes to things? Yeah, you know, we, we tried our best to, get at, to, to, to stay out of retail. I always say that retail is like a hungry, wet baby. He's always crying about something. Right. Like it is. I mean, <laughs> we tried our best because, I mean, I like the niche of being the wholesaler and the church pastor and all that. Um, but what God has dropped in our lap is this new way to produce coffee, this new way to coffee through our nitrogen infused cold brewed coffee and craft beverages. We call it the, the Phoenix Roasters Nitro Coffee Counter. All right. And and so what. One of my frustrations has been, how are we going to plant more churches in America? Um, because there's only so much roasting you can do, only so much brewing you can do. Mm. You know, how are we going to employ pastors? Because we have what we call the three-thirds model of funding church planting pastors. Excuse me. It's uh, a third of your income would come through your offering plate. 
a third of your income would come through raising your own support. Because truthfully, if you can't, if you can't tell your in a way that other people get financially, then you're not, you're not dreaming the same dream I'm dreaming. All right. And, front, and then a third of your income would come through the employment with the coffee company. But to come up with enough employment to plant churches all around the country, it, much less around Atlanta. And so I really just have a vision that our retail, that I really kicked and screamed about starting, I see our retail being a way to um, plant churches. Can you imagine if every Chick-fil-A operator was a church planner? I mean, you don't have to go knock on doors. The entire community is coming to your door. You know what I mean? And can you imagine if, if coffee shop owners were planting churches in the place people always for cups of community and hope and a good word and, and, and a friendly face. I, I just have a vision for that. I'd love to see that. I'm going to let God define that. But um, yeah, so that's, that's what I would love to see. And we really begin to use a retail um, version of what we're doing for planting churches all across the country. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so let's pull on that thread for a second. Uh, I've got, so a little history lesson for everybody. Um, coffee was actually first discovered and used back in the 15th century, well, not the 15th century, way before that, by monks, and they used it in uh, religious ceremonies. And the monks found in the monastery that they would pour coffee for one, one another, and they would have these enlightened conversations over cups of coffee. And that's really how coffee came to be. And you see how it's spread over time to everyone goes to Starbucks, right? But if you actually truly walk into a Starbucks, what's going on there, right? What is actually yeah. happening? And people are sitting and talking. And if you actually just pay attention to what people are doing, it is similar to that of a church. It's kind of weird. Uh, and, and that's where... What you're saying really, I think, strikes a chord deep within me, Brian, is because it's not too far of a stretch to think you can't have a thousand church plans all throughout the United States. Because guess what? Church, depending on how you define it, is already happening. And it's just not in the traditional space you would think of. And yeah. if you begin to change your definition of what church is, then you can unlock a whole new way to grow and evolve. And it sounds like your team is starting to do that. And again, I can personally attest to this because I've, I've been inside of your facilities. I've sat down. I've had a cup of coffee there. I've talked to the people. You're going to do it. I just feel like you are. Uh, it's going to happen. And I'm really mm. excited for you because it is the nitro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> amazing and then just the regular cup i'm a i'm a black cup of coffee type of guy and we've got some in our office too we've got phoenix roasters coffee in our office that's our entire staff drinks it we all love it so <laughs> i think that is going to be unbelievable for you guys i'm so excited to hear that i i want to be respectful of your time, Brian, and I'm going to move it to the next question. And this is the final one. And this is my favorite question because uh, I'm, okay. uh, I'm a guy who reads a couple books every single month. 
And I'm curious, what do you find yourself going back to and rereading, or what books do you recommend uh, to folks for reading? Like, what are your top reads, and then what do you find yourself recommending the most? Yeah, I, I do not want to sound um, super snobby here, okay? I really don't, okay? Because um, people's insight to the movement of God is so powerful to me. Um, uh, Mark Batterson, obviously with his connection with, uh, um, with coffee is, uh, I love reading. Um, I'm rereading whisper right now by Mark Batterson. Um, because anything, Holy spirit, Holy spirit, Holy spirit, you know, uh, the wild goose chase by Mark Batterson. One of my favorites that I'm, I'm going back to is, um, Oh gosh, heck! The uh, John Eldridge, um, out, um, ah, I just I just lost it. Um, anyway, his last one about about the humor of Jesus and uh, John twenty one. He really camps out on John twenty one and um, beautiful outlaw, the beautiful outlaw. Well, these are these are some of my favorites. But I got to tell you, Grant, God's word is my favorite. Right. And, and, and the way at Phoenix that we get the it's so beautiful, unlike any other church I've ever been a part of, we have eight pastors that break open God's word together every Monday and we teach each other's God's word. It's like we're feeding each other. We were in the coffee fields of Ethiopia and one of the most shocking and cultural um mores or, or the things that they did was they would take this injera bread. It was like a sponge bread. They would unroll it. They would tear off a piece and they would just dive down into this plate full of food. So they've got their fingers on the outside. The injera becomes like the, the capsule of food. And, and then they shove it in people's faces. Like they stick it in people's mouths, adults feeding each other food like you're gonna love this open your mouth <laughs> i'm going yeah that is really odd to me right but yeah. this is what we do as a staff we feed each other god's word and i just i can't get enough of god's word right and and then there's some trusted wonderful authors out there and i, I do, don't read enough i need to read my son-in-law emily's uh, husband zach is a gracious reader and I'm so jealous of that. And I've got to get back to it because leaders are readers and I know that. And so if I, if all I can get to is God's word, I feel like I've done okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got a great recommendation. Beautiful Outlaw is an excellent book. And then I know uh, John, he's written um, All Things New, um, also uh, Walking with God. He's got a bunch of really great books that have come up on the podcast uh, that yeah allow you to see different perspectives on your faith um, because one of his things is uh, you know just reading the gospel uh, without context is like watching the TV without the sound on <clears throat> so that 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 is a good book recommendation uh, I, I would certainly beautiful outlaw and we'll put these in the show notes so everybody can check it out and awesome. this has been great. I've really loved our time chatting, Brian. Uh, fantastic. 
And thank you so much for your time, brother. Uh, and Man, you- I, I'll, I'll put one last plug in for you. Anybody listening, you need to go to the Phoenix Roasters website and you need to, you need to somehow find a way to get this coffee in your church because it's a great mission. They're doing great things. They're transforming people's lives. The, and plus the coffee is the best coffee ever. So, <laughs> Yeah, we, we have an unwritten uh, slogan that goes like this. No great cause is worth a sorry cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Why are you still you know, It's just yeah, and we, sense. Yeah. Yeah. We want to invite everybody to come along with us. We're, we're very transparent. And we want you to come to the farms with us. We want you to bring a mission team as we plant churches and build houses for single mothers and widows. And we build latrine systems and housing for migrant workers. And we want you to, you and your team, if you're listening out there in in church leadership, we don't just want to be your Sunday morning coffee. We want to be your full missional experience, including coffee. And we'd love to be a part of, of that with you. And you get to tell that great story with us. That'd be great. Yeah, and it is amazing. Those pictures that you have inside of your facilities of all the folks that you're helping in all different other countries, it's it's very powerful. So again, Phoenix Roasters, check them out. Your church needs to be a part of their mission to help the kingdom. Brian, thank you so much for your time, brother. Appreciate it. We'll talk yeah, to man. you. God bless you, Grant. Thank you. Bye.